today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Players are staying at home, and we're looking back at the 2007 Anaheim Ducks. All of this on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Huh, why did I pause there? Dramatic effect? I don't know. I mean, I still don't know what we're doing here. I mean, we're still under quarantine on day 40-something, 50-something. Yeah, we're all getting a little bit loopy. Our hair is getting a little bit long. And you're here with Jason J.D. Hernandez as we still go through the stay-at-home order here in Southern California. And don't forget, you'll get fresh content covering the OC's hockey team. And if you want to hear any of the previous shows, check out them out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Make sure to rate, comment, and most of all, subscribe if you haven't already. Last week, we had a look back on some great moments from not only this fantastic show, but also some great moments from the goals and the ducks from the past season. Later, we're going to go way back to 2007. Hmm, that was the year they won it all. That was the year when they made it to the Stanley Cup final. And spoiler alert, they beat the Ottawa Senators. So we will get to that in a little bit. But first, let's talk about players staying at home. Now, some of you may have seen weeks ago, Ryan Getzloff making a chicken coop. Just this past week, NBCSN decided to have their hockey at home, I guess, special. I don't know what you want to call it. I guess what I will call it is content in place of what should be the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. The Ducks wouldn't be in it, but hey, we get some great Ryan Miller content. And something really cool on that interview, uh, it was with Ryan Miller, his lovely wife, who's an actress, by the way. That would be uh, Noreen DeWolf. And also his kid, Bodie, made an appearance at the very end. So that interview with Ryan and Noreen, that lasted about 10 minutes. It was kind of interesting. They played a little game called, I think it was Skate or Brush where they answered basically newlywood style type questions, you know, um, all that kind of fun stuff. But during that interview, there was a couple interesting things that I wanted to talk about. First, Ryan Miller picked up, or I guess he's always had this hobby and something that I might pick up because, you know, what else is there to do? He's apparently been juggling a lot more over the course of the quarantine. So he got to show off a little bit of his juggling skills on national TV. And then they played a game where um, him and his wife, they discussed, you know, who has the better fashion sense and who's the better cook. You know, all kinds of really fun, neat stuff like that. And then, of course, he got asked a very important question during that interview where he was asked, you know, what would it take for him to come back for one more year? And would he consider coming back for one more year? And what he said was not super surprising, but, you know, actually hearing him say it. He's got a life here in Southern California now. His wife is a great actress. She's now on, I forget which NBC show it is, but she now has a rec- a recurring role. And I'm trying to think of what show it is. I want to say it's um, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, something like that. Uh, but I think she was in that recently. Ah, See, I don't watch that much TV. I'll admit it right now. I don't even know what show she's in currently, but I know she's currently in a show right now. For what it's worth, that's what I know. Um, Wow, I I really don't remember the show that she's in right now. 
Oh, wait, no, no, no. It's uh, Good Girls. That's what it is. So she's now got a recurring role in Good Girls. She's going to stay out here in Southern California. Ryan Miller wants to stay out here. He It indicates that he would like to stay in Anaheim if they give him another one-year contract. And he would like to finish out his career in Anaheim. And honestly, I wouldn't mind if they gave him just one more year, to be honest. I mean, let him have that opportunity to have his swan song. Let him have that opportunity to go out on his own terms. That's what could be very important. Let him have his last hurrah in Buffalo. Let him have his last hurrah in Vancouver. Give him that opportunity to go just one more year as a backup role once again. And he's a pretty solid backup for Gibson. So I don't see why they wouldn't sign him to another one-year contract. It makes sense financially. I mean, I know the Ducks would probably want to move on from him. But it just would be right if they gave him one more year. It's a good situation. So that's what he wants. And they just moved into their new house. Uh, They just bought a house in Southern California, which they've now been living in for about a year. And even during the interview, he said, yeah, we finally got everything settled in, got the house just the way they want it. So he's comfortable here in SoCal. He's ready to live the rest of his life here in SoCal. His wife will obviously still be working, but he wants to be a husband. He wants to be a dad to Bodhi. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think the Ducks should sign him for one more season and give him that last year? What do you guys think? I mean, I told you what I think, but I want to hear from the rest of you. So I think what I'm going to do as soon as I post this episode is I'm going to put a little poll up to see what you guys think. Should the Ducks keep him for one more year? And while you guys are thinking about that, think about the fact that you guys are still, you know, trapped in your, I shouldn't say trapped. You guys are still at your houses, hopefully keeping social distancing and hopefully staying at home if you must. But if you must go out, please practice social distancing, even if it means going to Newport Beach or Huntington Beach or wherever. Just make sure you're wearing a mask. Make sure you're social distancing, even if you go out to the restaurants. But if you don't feel like going out, maybe you want to stay in and order some food. Well, Locked On wants to help you out. If you go onto the LockedOnPodcasts.com forward slash offers page, you'll see some great deals from DoorDash, from Postmates with the Locked On promo code. So be sure to check those out. I've mentioned those in the past. So check out Postmates, check out DoorDash, download the app, put in the promo code locked on and you'll get some special deals and once again that is the locked on podcasts.com slash offers page so be sure to check those out and don't forget that we have a special deal on advertising right now so be sure to check that out on locked on podcast.com forward slash advertising much more to come after actually no after the first intermission we're going to talk about the 2007 anaheim ducks because they've been replaying the games this week. Hurrah! So after the first intermission, we're going to talk about the 2007 Anaheim Ducks who are no longer mighty. So you may as well stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And we're talking about the 2007 Anaheim Ducks. They had 
just dropped the Mighty Ducks moniker from their name, and that is because prior to the 06-07 season, Disney sold the Mighty Ducks. So as such, they were no longer allowed to use the moniker Mighty Ducks. So they dropped the Mighty from their name, changed the logo, changed the color scheme. Apparently, part of the new color scheme was supposed to be gold because... The Anaheim Ducks are in Anaheim, California, and California is the Golden State. That's their reasoning for that. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll buy that, I guess. Okay, look, I don't necessarily hate the Ducks colors. I think they're fine, as is. There are certainly much worse color schemes. In fact, I don't hate the Anaheim Ducks jerseys. The only reason that those jerseys get so much flack is because the original jerseys are that much better. That's really what it is. I mean, you could ask several Ducks fans, do they like the jerseys currently? Yeah, most of them would say they like it all right. I mean, the webbed D wording is pretty cool. The jerseys themselves are not bad. I mean, there are definitely worse jerseys out there, and several teams would kill to have the Ducks' current jersey scheme right now. But when you compare that to the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, when you compare it to Quack, Quack, Quack and the movie franchise... Yeah, there's going to be some drawback from that. And I I get it. I mean, those are easily the best jerseys in Anaheim's hockey organization. They're the best, by far. Eggplant, teal, awesome jerseys. But going back to the 06-07 season, yes, this was a team that had a lot of depth to it. And I'll go more into the team itself tomorrow. But first, I want to talk about the actual cup finals because I just watched those games one and two were seen on prime ticket. And by the way, I'm glad that they're re-showing the games. What I'm not happy about is that they're showing them in standard definition. 2007, the games were in high def by then. So why not show the high def versions? I understand there might, there might be some rights issues there. They're showing the NHL international feed. And in fact, if you have the NHL center ice, they're re-showing games. So technically, on the same day, they were showing games 1 and games 5 at almost the same time. So I did watch both of those games. I'll watch game 5 again Thursday night because why not, right? I mean, that was an amazing game. But show them in HD. That's, that's all I'm asking for. I mean, that's not asking for too much, right? So going into game 1, you had the Anaheim Ducks and the Ottawa Senators. And Ottawa had a pretty decent team. In fact, they had a pretty good goalie by the name of Ray Emery. I love that guy. Ray Emery is one of my favorite goalies of all time, without question. People were nuts for this team. I mean, they were really, really nuts because you had the feeling that maybe this was the Ducks' year. And I remember that Arnold Schwarzenegger had... The puck drop early on, that was really cool. I mean, there was some booze, but there was a lot of cheers. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't an unpopular governor. He wasn't that unpopular. So it was really cool to see him come out. He dropped the puck. You had the captains come out. And it looked like Ottawa was going to come out firing right away. I mean, they scored the first goal only a minute into the game. Mike Fisher had that goal. And then someone that I still think is a little bit underrated, but he was a great, great player for the Mighty Ducks and later the Anaheim Ducks. Andy Mack. Yep, my boy, Andy Mack. He's back. 
I just rhymed and I didn't even realize it. But Andy Mack got things started on the nice feed from Tamu Solani. And I love that first line. That's one of that's one of the best first lines in all of Ducks history. You know, you could fight me on that. You could say, oh, no, this line was better. You could say that the kid line was better. No. During that time, between, you know, 04, I mean, sorry, between 06, 07, that was the line. The line. Just between those two guys. Andy McDonald, Tamu Solani. That was the line that got a lot of scoring and it definitely helped on that first goal when the Ducks tied it up. And I want to go back to the Ducks. That first line where you had Chris Kunitz, you had Tamu Solani, you had Andy Mack. They were really good. But then you had the kid line as well. And they did a great job. So th- that was a great team makeup all around. But then you go later into game one and the Ducks were in a bit of trouble. They got themselves into trouble like they had all season long because Anaheim was one of the most penalized teams in the National Hockey League that season. But that's because they added a lot of toughness and they needed that toughness to go over the hump. And in the second period, they got burned on that one because Ryan Getzloff, yeah, the same Ryan Getzloff, he got penalized and that resulted directly in a power play goal for Ottawa. So for most of the game, Anaheim was behind. They were trailing most of that game. Then you got to that third period, and you had that great comeback by the Ducks. You know, Getze had that nice goal, and the kid line got it. Corey Perry ditched it off to Getze to tie it up at two. And then you had late, late in the game. And this was fun to watch live on Prime Ticket, but Travis Mullen, that dude goes unnoticed a lot of times as a pretty decent Ducks player, he gets overlooked, and that's a shame because he got the game-winning goal in that game one, and that was a dramatic ending to that game. So really, I I look at some of those role players as being a major difference. I mean, you had Perry and Getze in that kid line. That was the second line. They moved up very quickly along with Dustin Penner. I mean, they rose up in the ranks really quickly because when you think about that 06 season, both Perry and Getze were rookies and they started off towards the bottom. They were, I think, fourth for a short bit. They were third for a while. They moved up throughout the course of that season and that's where both players really grew into their core roles on the team. And you could tell back then that they were even the future then. And when I had my interview with S. Preston a while ago, even he said, yeah, we, we knew back then that those guys were a big deal. You know, and I know some people didn't get them at first, but they were a big deal and they were fantastic players. And that was kind of their coming out party was that 07 final. So great to see the Ducks win that one. And as I, as I said, the pronger pickup before that season, it made a huge difference because something that the Ducks did very effectively was penalty killing. That penalty killing was much more apparent in Game 2 because the Ducks got themselves in a heap of trouble in Game 2 because they just got penalized left and right. Uh, You know, Drew Miller got the penalty, Thornton got penalized, Pronger got penalized. I mean, the Ducks were kind of playing behind a little bit in that Game 2 as far as allowing power plays, and they just did not let up. Chris Pronger, 
before the 07 season, he was still trying to get that cup. In fact, the entire Ducks roster, except for one player, had not won a Stanley Cup. So these Ducks players not only had the talent, but they were hungry. And Chris Pronger was one of those very hungry players because just the previous year, he just missed out on winning the Stanley Cup. In 06, he was a member of the Edmonton Oilers, and they had lost the Stanley Cup final to the Carolina Hurricanes in 06. So you know that left a bad taste in Chris Pronger's mouth. And you could tell just by the by his play in 07, he said, no, I am not letting this crap happen again. I don't want to lose again in the cup finals. I'm going to take it upon myself and make a big difference. And he was a big difference in penalty killing. So that was my takeaway from game two overall. I mean, it looked like overtime was imminent in game two and game one. In fact, game one, it looked like it was overtime, if not for that goal with two minutes left. For game two, both goalies were on top of their game. Yes, Jiggy didn't get that many shots, but they were some pretty good quality saves. Ray Emery stood on top of his head. He looked like a man on a mission trying to will the Ottawa Senators to score one goal because it was 0-0 after one. It was 0-0 after two. And something that I posted on the on the Ducks Twitter, that sometimes scoreless hockey is just as exciting as five-on-four hockey because both goalies put on a freaking clinic and goal. They were amazing. I, I loved watching that game. That might have been a better game for me personally to watch than game one because of just how tense it was and you knew that one goal could make a difference. But back then, you could be a little bit stressed out because, you know, I'm sure several hockey fans remember that feeling where it's like, okay, it's 0-0. Someone has to score. And you get a little bit nervous watching the game because you know that it's only going to take one goal. What if it's Ottawa that scores that goal? I mean, Jiggy hasn't had that much work in the second and third periods. So there might be a little bit of rust there. So we don't know how tense those players were until finally it was the so-called checking line that got the third that got the goal in the third period for the Anaheim Ducks. Sammy Paulson actually stole the puck and went unassisted with about five minutes left. But that was the lone goal for the Anaheim Ducks and that won it for them. So that was something that I really like. I mean, they were dramatic games. They were fun to watch. But towards the very end of the game, Travis Moen and Chris Pronger had some huge, huge blocks at the end of the game that kept it one nothing, and that ended up winning the game for the Ducks. And good defense cannot go overlooked, especially when you're six on five on the last part of the game. And then at the very end, it ended up being six on four because Andy Mack, he got nailed for a hooking penalty. Oh no, that was in the second period. In the third period, Sammy Paulson um, got the goal. And it looked like it was six on four for a while there because, you know, a couple of the Ducks had been on long, long shifts. So Ottawa was firing away towards the end, but they were just not getting to the net. Huge props to the defense for really having Jiggy's back. And that preserved the one nothing win. Yeah, Ottawa only had 16 shots on goal. And I would like to see if there are stats for the 07 final as far as blocked shots, as far as that goes. I mean, look, 
they were just a fantastic defensive team. And it showed back then. There was block after block after block. I know we weren't tracking Corsi that closely back then. But I think I would like to watch that game again just to try to figure out how many blocked shots there were on that game. So it may be something to check out. But I want to remind you that you can hear this podcast or any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And be sure to rate, comment, subscribe. We're going to have some more lookbacks onto the 07 Mighty Ducks tomorrow as I'll talk about Game 4 and even talk about Game 5 and talk more in-depth about the makeup of this team and just how good they were. So we'll go more into that tomorrow. And everyone, let's stay safe again. You know, we're all in this together. So let's just try to, you know, stay safe at home and not get sick and stay healthy. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Practice social distancing and stay safe, Anaheim.